Uh, I'm excited today. We are finishing up this series called Choice, and we've been talking through different uh, foundational, principled things in our lives that actually affect all the little decisions that you make. And many times we look at how can I make a better decision, and uh, sometimes you just look at what is driving you as you make those decisions. So today we're going to talk about a really important one. It's called discipline. And we love that word, right? <laughs> Actually, sometimes we do, but uh, I'll share with you up front a, um, a secret about myself, and it's this, is that I, um, I love cookies. Now, especially, any, I mean, most cookies, uh, but especially homemade cookies. It's absolutely a weakness of mine, and I have very little discipline or self-control and uh, I blame this on my wife, <laughs> and it's a great thing. But the funny thing is, this is actually almost how we, uh, we, we got together, I would say. Like a friend of mine was like, she used to, she used to mail me cookies. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not joking. She used to work at this um, human resources, this law firm in Boston, and they just let her mail anything she wanted to. And so she would just FedEx me. Uh, cookies and white chocolate covered pretzels. I'm not kidding you. And so a friend of mine, like a year or two in, we had dated for a little while, and he was like, Wayne, he was like, he's like, she, she made you cookies. Like, she's like, are you, like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, he was obvious to him, this is the woman for you. And he was 110% right. But the problem is I have, like, no self-control. And... I've been scared after COVID and everything that's happened. Like I've been scared to go do my physical with a doctor because uh, I just know like I've eaten too many cookies. It's possible, <laughs> maybe amongst other things. But I'm just kind of worried about like the levels because she's been keeping track. Last time she was like, "Well, this went up a little bit," and she wasn't too nice about it. <laughs> and so I don't know what the deal is, but like the, I need to go through the pain of that visit again because because it needs to because it's telling me hey there is a future in your life and you should probably be a little more disciplined when it comes to this so um but you know we don't want that pain we don't i don't like it's so funny how i avoid this you know 15 minute minute interaction with a doctor kind of being doing being a doctor telling me exactly what i need to say and maybe not so loving but but we kind of avoid pain. But here's the deal. It's, it's going to happen. You're going to have pain. In fact, when you look at Jesus and his words, he said that. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Like he said, it's going to happen. This is, that's found in John 16, just for those who are wondering. And, and so you're going to have pain. Now, some pain, like we try to avoid it, and that's a good thing. Like there's a healthy thing. Like pain hurts. And so, uh, and there's some pain that's beyond your control. So a friend incredibly, suddenly becomes incredibly selfish, and they betray you, and they lie about you or something, that, that causes a lot of pain. Someone breaks up with you, that, that's really tough. Uh, you, you have an accident, something, whether it's like in a car, or you slip and fall, or just, you act, it's, it's an accident, and that, that's no fun. Uh, you know, th these things happen. Your company decides to downsize, and you might be incredible uh, the skill that you bring and the expertise and knowledge that you have, uh, but that's something that is beyond your control. And that's painful. And that's going to happen. That's, there's, there's external influences that bring this. Uh, but sometimes you do have a choice. Sometimes you choose the pain that comes into your life. So 
So you, you have a choice, actually, and it goes beyond that. You're actually choosing between two types of pain. And so we get this, right? This is, we understand this. So like you have the pain of obeying your parents now. We'll start with a real basic one. Or the pain of the consequences later. Maybe an image just came to your mind. I don't know. The pain, let's see if you're, you're a student, the pain of studying now. Or you've got, you know, you're, you're taking exams even for work. You're trying to get ahead. The pain of studying now or the pain of, you know, failing or retaking it or getting a bad grade later. The pain of saying no to temptations now, cookies, or the pain of trying to be an addiction later. I don't think that's an addiction yet, but uh, I could be wrong. A uh, psychologist in a you could come diagnose me. But the, or the pain of living within your means, or the pain of climbing out of debt later. So I could go on and on. We, we understand that. We get that. And so... We have to learn to choose this. It's the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. We're learning to choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. So let's, let's define discipline. And I'm going to get to, I'm going I'm to talk about discipline in a way that we don't usually talk about it. But what is discipline? So dip, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. What you want now versus what you want most. Now, I want the entire bucket of like cookies. I want, I want all the ice cream. Like, like I, This is what I want right now. But what I want most is to be healthy. I want to you know, have, have good measure. Like I, I want to be able to, to live my life a long time. So you, you choose between what you want now between what you want most. Now, most of us, some of you may not know this, but most of us know what to do. Maybe you're towards the beginning of your life journey, and so you're just, maybe you're still learning, but honestly, most of us know what to do. And if you don't, we have amazing resources. We just ask Siri, and she tells us what to do. Or, you know, we'll ask Google, or we go to WebMD, and we diagnose ourselves with, like, the worst possible terminal condition possible over uh, the reason we just sneeze, right? So we go to, but we go to YouTube, and, and once we pull ourselves out of the rabbit hole that we went down for two hours, you can then do like actual training. You can learn an instrument or learn how to fix a dishwasher or I don't know, like YouTube is great. Like there's all kinds of things that you can actually engage in that are practical, very useful. So you, we have all these tools that help us know what to do. So then why is it that we make regretful decisions? Have we constantly find ourselves at these painful points? Well, it's because there's something deep inside of you. This is what I love. I want to read these words from Apostle Paul. And these are famous because Paul, Paul was someone who, who really understood the words of Christ in a very powerful way. Like God, God like gifted him with this incredible wisdom and knowledge. And so he wrote several of what we have of our New Testament scriptures that are just phenomenal. But it doesn't mean that he... he well, that was a good soundtrack. I like that. That was good. Sorry. But it doesn't mean that um, he didn't struggle himself. And I love this. Here's someone who lived maybe one of the more, more significant lives that we were trying to put a measure on it than anyone else who's ever lived. And this is what he says. He says, I don't really understand myself. For what I want... For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. 
I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And and listen to this phrase. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. You ever been there? You ever said that phrase? Maybe not so formal. (laughs) And that's that's the phrase of regret. Like, why do I do that? Like, that's the phrase of regret. He says, who will free me? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I love that. It speaks to a slavery. Like that's where we feel the change of our own decisions. And then he says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I, and I love this honesty. Like it's, it's so, this is why it's such a famous passage. Because this, this, is, this is all of us. Like our hearts get in the way. And that's why we sing about Christ in the way we do. Because of who he is and what he means to us when it comes to things like this. And so with Christ's help, we can change. So back to discipline, the kind of change that Paul is getting at and what Christ was constantly focusing us towards, focusing us towards. And then if you all you go back to the, even the, the scriptures leading up to when Christ came that we have, that God has given us, there's this constant dialogue about your heart. We've, we've, I've read these scriptures recently where it says, above all else, this is in Proverbs, as King Solomon was writing this wisdom, he says, above all else, guard your hearts. Guard your hearts. Jesus said those words to us as well. There's this constant dialogue where God is helping us see. Don't you understand that it's all coming from the inward? And that's really what this whole series has been about. So our hearts really get in the way. So we like to focus on everything external, which is important, right? So we say, I need to be in shape, all right? That's important. That's like my physical well-being, we, we, we told this, is tied to who I am. That's absolutely true. We should take care of ourselves. When you've got one life, it's important to take care of your body. You should. That's really important. I should. <laughs> But I'm actually not here to talk about that. I'm here to look at the deeper part of this. And so when it comes to discipline, it's much harder with your heart. Because it's it's more painful. You actually feel it. So discipline is much harder with our hearts. And we, we walk away from this because of the pain that we feel because of the pain that we feel. And sometimes our heart pain, it goes very deep. And so we want it to be easier. And so we just find that, right? We find the, the easiest way forward. So this actually has to be a choice. And so that's, that's the thing. Is like, do we just almost, you almost need to recognize that and understand that and see what's going on in you. And sometimes you need like a whole week to be like, why was, oh, oh yeah. This is, it's, it's something going on in my heart. And this isn't easy. Like one example of this, if you're someone who has children, like you will prioritize your children's happiness even if they're making destructive decisions. You know, like they're just being annoying and they're crying and whatever else. And you're like, I know you've been 
doing a lot with media today or this week, but here's an iPad. <laughs> and they're like, I need just peace, I need happiness. And like, but you know, we, we just kind of, we, we do things that we prioritize like the happiness and the easier road over what maybe be the more important things to do. But many times easier will lead to future regret. Easier will lead to future regret. And the pain of future regret is way harder. And you never know how long future regret will last. Sometimes that regret will always be with you. And so that's why God is coming to us and constantly warning us. And so I'm going to walk us through some scriptures here today to just help us begin to understand this. And this is really the foundation of the whole series. If you begin to learn these things, all the other things we've talked about that are on our podcast, it's on our website if you want to go back, they begin to kind of fall in line with this. And so the way towards heart discipline, the way towards heart discipline is this. This is the big thing that I'll give you up front, is, is it's not something you do. It's not something you do, but it's done to you. And I may have forgot to put this on there, just FYI. <laughs> but it's not something you do. It's something that is done to you. And this is what, this is what makes this so different. So I'm, you know, we talk about disciplining ourselves and for the future, but this is really about like discipline. Like you are willing to be disciplined. You are willing to be taught. You're willing to actually be rebuked or told a hard truth. And so this is a tough one. Like, what, why, why is this so difficult? Because it, it means that you're not there yet. These type of words will condemn you. These type of words from someone else, they, they are condemning, and it hurts. And, and when we think about that kind of discipline, this is where we really push back. And, and it, as parents, we struggle with this too, because what we've done is we've, we've, we've put two things together. We've put the word discipline and punishment together. So we don't want to punish our children. Well, what is punishment? Punishment is when you do something like you, and, and you owe, someone says, you owe me, and I'm going to punish you. you you're going to get what you deserve. If you do this for me, I'm going to pay you back with this. We want to punish you for something, some wrong that you have done. That's not what discipline is. That's punishment. Discipline is something that's done out of purpose, out of something that's, that, has, that you, you see the future in someone else. You see the good in them. It is done out of love. The foundation of real discipline is love. That I see who you, have, you are, the potential of who you can be, and so I'm going to engage in this. It's very much like a coach. So maybe you've had a coach in your life or a teacher in your life that cared so much, and they said, I see this in you. One of the best examples of this was last night, a group of us from DCC, we went to the New City Kids concert. The New City Kids is an unbelievable organization here in Jersey City that's working in really hard areas and of the city, and they step in to these children's lives that, that many of them are in broken homes and situations where they have, they've been, they'll say out loud, we had no ambition, had no hope, and they step, step in and say, you have incredible value and worth, 
And they immediately give them purpose and tasks. They teach them music and they, they do all these different things. And they say, you have an incredible value because we know that God loves you and God says that about all of you. And, and it changes their lives. And for over 25 years, they have been engaging in what's been now, now generational change. They come in and say, you have this value. This is who we are. You are, and that's what discipline says. It's this incredible value of love. And that's how God engages you and I. And this is why we want to step into the pain of what discipline is. So we're really redefining that word to help us understand it. And it's critical because of the future regret that can happen in your life. In Proverbs, Solomon says it this way. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. He says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I love that. There's several more Proverbs that are a lot like that. That's a willingness to embrace. That's what wisdom is. But that is not easy to do. And let me share with you this incredible passage coming out of Hebrews 12. It says, in your struggle against sin, so against the wrong that we do, how we've hurt God, how we've hurt others around us, you do things that are destructive to yourself, but that whole phrase in itself means that there's something going on in us that we struggle with. In your struggle against sin, these destructive things, he 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 says, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. You see that? There's that word that helps focus us in. And so the writer in Hebrews is calling, calling those that he was writing to back to, to scriptures they had heard before. He says, This is a word of encouragement. Which is completely opposite of anything you and I ever feel. Because he loves you. He engages you with discipline. And then it says this, this phrase. Endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. <laughs> this, is, this is not what anything around us really says. Something gets hard, we're like... I'm out. <laughs> like, like, or we say, we got to fight against that. Like, it shouldn't be this way. We need to find an easier way to do this. And it's just natural, by the way. I do this too. Like, and so endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. It's moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, meaning like they are hoping that this is, this is going to produce something well. But then it says this, but God disciplines us for our good. Like he knows this is leading him towards something. He says, in order that we may share in his holiness. Like there's a purpose behind it. 
He's leading you toward something to share in his holiness. He wants you to, to, to experience life. And it, and, and it reminds me of the words Jesus said to us. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And as you can see here, the writer continues. He says, he says no discipline seems pleasant at the time. And not only that, but here's the, here's the key word, but it's painful. It sucks. I mean, have you ever prayed to God? Um, God, please stop this thing. <laughs> please take this away. Like, I think I say that all the time from stage. Like, I, I find myself in these points where I'm like, I don't want it to be this way anymore. I'm like, I'm recoiling. And then after a while, I finally figured out that it's a hardship that maybe God wants in my life. There's no discipline that seems pleasant. It's painful. But here's this key. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. that's the goal. I, I understand this more as a parent, <laughs> leading my children. It's really hard to cause them pain. To say the word no, <laughs> or to say, uh, you can't have this right now. <laughs> because I'm breaking them a relationship with them. And they're going to be mad at me. And not only that, it inconveniences me or my wife. We'll make a decision, and it will make us miserable. We've had to, at times, take toys away. And so they don't have anything to entertain themselves with. Like, it's just like, it's like, why would you do that? Like, because we, I, I want to have some peace, but it actually breaks the peace. How do you make a decision to break that kind of thing? How do you say a hard word to a friend you ever had that experience where you need to tell somebody something and like I'm the worst about this like I'll just think I make it worse for myself like I'll avoid it for a week <laughs> I just don't want to say something that's hard because the pain the break in that relationship what gives us the strength to do that well it's love because I know that this is going to create a harvest we are sowing into something that becomes beautiful in the future. And when you experience that, there's a joy that comes out of our, our kids just want to just, if you watch children, or maybe yourself, they just drive themselves to agony <laughs> and everything's not, not fun or whatever. When we take these steps, it actually leads them to joy. And it seems like the opposite, but it brings them to this fruit of harvest, of, uh, harvest of righteousness and peace. And so what gives us strength to make painful decisions, we're trusting God for that harvest. The opposite is regret. When you sow into something, we reap it, not just one for one. And this is, this is, in, this is in Scripture, this is in, and the Scripture refers to, you know, you plant a seed corn, one piece of corn, 
it produces a crop, not just one more corn, it produces 80, 100, sometimes even more out of one thing. And so we sow into the good, into the pain of discipline now, we will reap that. But the same is true, and we, we walk away, we choose the pain, we walk away from that. We sow into future regret. And sometimes regret, those decisions will never go away. And this is why we need Christ. Because he is leading us. And maybe some of you are on that journey right now. You're like, I don't know if that's true yet. You're on this journey of learning to, to believe that Christ is who he is, that he rose from the grave, and that he wants to lead us towards this, that he is the Son of God. That I can trust him with my life. But it's why you should consider following him. Listen to this scripture passage in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says this. It says, His God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that has everything to do with punishment and discipline and the future life. A life bringing into you life. Jesus came and took that punishment. He he had no sin. He became sin for us so that the purpose we could become the righteousness of God. Just like we read earlier in the Hebrews passage, that we can share in his holiness. So the question really is, do you, do you believe that to be true? And so my encouragement to you is to begin to take that step of faith. Begin Take a step towards Christ and allow him to lead you in this way. So, how do we do that? What are some practical steps that help us take this understanding of, of discipline and bring it into our life? How do, how do we walk away from pain of regret? All right, so let's walk through some things. These are things that I've been learning to do in my own life. And sometimes I get it right, and sometimes I have to be called back to it. And that's why I love doing this series, because... I need this as much as anybody else, if not more, okay? You guys heard the cookie story, you know, okay? So one is I seek it out. Seek it out when it comes to, to discipline and others. You need to seek out wisdom. You need to find people and places in your life that help you encounter Christ. And so what, what I mean by this is we seek out mentors. You seek out coaches, we have people in our lives we can say, I'm struggling with this, and this is why you need community. And maybe some of you are here today because community is not easy to find. You'll eventually get to a place in your life where community doesn't appear anymore, and you have to do some work for it. And here at DCC, we're passionate about you and creating a place for you to engage in community. And so in my own life, I have people that are there that, that, that I am learning to see more and more. The more that the older I get... The more I understand that I don't know and I need wisdom from others. And I'm also more willing to just admit it, to admit it. And, I, and I'll come to people in my life and say, this is a struggle. And they lead me in a way that helps me walk away from it. And, it, and I love it. it. It creates like catch points in my life where I'm struggling and I don't even realize it. And then I'll have a meeting that's pre-scheduled. And God uses it in a powerful way. So we have, to, we have to be proactive. So this is the part that you can do. You seek it out. This was really helpful for me when I, when, during COVID. 
Because life, and it still is this way in many ways, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And I'd be like in these valleys where it just seemed like a struggle, and I would have these catch points of these meetings with people, and it would just lift me up. God would use it in a powerful way. You might say, well, I don't have people like that in my life. So you begin those steps, and it will take time and patience. You want to consistently learn to pursue this in your life. And so if you, we have dinner groups here that meet in the week, or you can serve on the Sunday team, but it begins to put you in relationships with others, and consistency over time, God will use that if you allow it to, to get you connected and take steps towards him. So we seek it out. We're proactive. The second one is we listen to those closest to us. Listen to those closest to me. There are people in your life we have to pay attention. So for me, the closest person for me is my wife. (laughs) And she gets to see everything. And so we're both learning this. And this is hard, by the way. You know, like you start to say something hard, but it's very hard to receive it, right? So we're learning. Aaron and I are learning to, to listen to each other. We've had to have counselors help us do this in a greater and deeper way. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's bringing about like whatever it's taken. But I also have the dinner group that I'm, I'm part of, other leaders in my life. It's very similar to the seek it out. But you've got to actually listen <laughs> if you're willing. And this is the model that Jesus gave us. He came to us in Matthew 28 and said, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on the earth. He had just risen from the grave. We're like, okay. So he said, therefore, you go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. We need people in our lives that can teach and give us wisdom. We need to learn to listen. We seek it out. We listen. And then we, and then another one I will say, the third one is this, is to rest. We need times and all. You cannot listen You cannot begin to engage these things unless you have time in your life. You need space. Space to stop, to rest, and to listen. Do you have space? Can you rest? So we seek it out, we listen, we rest, and then we need to go to Christ. If he's going to tell us something that's hard, engage, engage us in any kind of way, then we need to go through what I, and I, see, I have it here, we confess. We learn to say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. We're willing to do that. But then I, I put here, this is kind of a weird phrase, but stand, we stand on his righteousness. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We can get up in his forgiveness because of what he has done because of his goodness. And that's an amazing thing to learn to stand in his grace. And then we engage him with rhythms. This is why we read scripture. This is why we want to pray because it's a way to engage this relationship. We engage him. And then we put off something and we put on his truth. Our dinner group's We'll be doing this this week. We're working through what we call put off and put on, where this is this process where we allow God to speak to us. We engage him. What do we let go of, and then what do we step into? What's beautiful about this is the journey. 
that God has called you and I to be on, a story, a purposeful thing. Listen to this scripture from, from Paul. He's writing to one of these early churches. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. No one will remember it one day. He says, but we do it for an eternal prize. There is great purpose in what we do when we, when we take these steps. So he says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing, just you know, pretending. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. For those of us here today, there's something in your life that's painful. And maybe you've done this. Maybe it's just a hardship that's happened to you. Maybe you've been making bad decisions and you just are living in this regret. I don't know what it is, but everyone here, there's something in your heart, in your life, in your relationships, and it's a burden. And we just want to we want to cover it up. And when you feel that pain, it makes, like, we want, I want to run to whatever I can to try to medicate and, like, comfort, whatever. Like, there's all these things that we, you and I, we run to. But these are the very things that can point us to Christ. We want to learn to say, okay, if I continue down a destructive path, I will, re- I will regret it one day. And then we seek Christ out and invite him in because he loves us. He's leading you towards life. How can you take a step to engage him in your life this week? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for your words to us. God, there's so many things that that happen in our lives on a weekly basis that make us just kind of want to run away. And the last thing we want to hear is, yeah, bring on the pain. Let's, let's just do this. Let's, let's, let's. And God, we, I just want to admit that I run away from pain. And so I pray that you would give us the strength to trust you. That you are the one that knows the best pathway for our life more than anyone else. I pray that we would experience the joy, the fruit sowing into discipline now, that we would trust you. Father, we thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.